This time on the Roll Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. Can we talk about leadership? Leadership. Okay. Yeah. There isn't any. Well, there is, but it's not good. Or there isn't any, depending how you look at it. But there's Manchin. And, you know, he is showing a little bit of leadership, but the leader isn't leading. The Schumer's out there and the McConnell's out there. Now, Pelosi, you may not like what she does or how she does, and I don't, and I'm not condoning it, but she's a leader. Am I wrong? I don't think she's leading. You don't think? No. You don't think she's leading? No, this is just my opinion. I don't feel like they're leading at all. They just want to fight. They just want to pick at each other, like to poke the bear all the time. I think that there's a difference between just want to fight and they're willing to fight. I think good leaders are willing to fight for the things that they believe in and for the goals that they have. So I'm sorry, I don't like Nancy Pelosi. There's things about her that are very distasteful. And of course, I don't like any policies that she's promoting. That's easy. You know, it'd be nice if there was somebody out there who was promoting policies, but I like them. He wears black denim trousers and motorcycle boots and a black leather jacket with his name on the back. He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Ride Radio. His name is New York Mike, and welcome to the show. This is Roll Right Radio. I'm New York Mike. Roll Right Radio. Rolling right, I'm New York Mike. With and I'm Petrina. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Thanks for, for doing that. That's so cool. Like remember in the old days? Here's Johnny. Here's Petrina. <laughs> hey, so you know what? Coming back from this epic 30-day motorcycle ride around the country with Robert Patrick, it was one of the things that was good to get back to was Excalibur cigar and scotch lounge. You bet. And I love doing the podcast with you. I think this is awesome. But I, I really miss doing the Excalibur. So last week, when you were up in L.A., Orange County, whatever, and I'm down there at Excalibur having the sky, and you said to me, honey, why don't you just do the podcast? Because I was lonely. I missed you. You were upstate. And you just did it at the right moment because I had come back and I was talking to people on the East Coast and around the country, and I was just infuriated with some of these things going on. So I said, you know what, Tom, I'm going to go, I'm going to do a podcast. He says, yeah. So I go, and I did the last podcast was the one that I go off the rails and I'm going and ramble and go, but you know, there are some issues that need to be discussed in America right now. It's really important. We're at a point. You're just very passionate. You're very passionate. You're very angry. You're trying to get your head wrapped around this craziness. Well, that's true, but that's always been true. But at this moment, I'm trying to help and somehow, some way, bring the country together. And look, I'm a conservative, and I want the conservative mentality in America to come together, not just Republicans, but every citizen out there, everybody who's voting. I want the vast majority of the vote is to vote for conservative policies. And I think there's never been such a clear contrast between what we had just 10, 11 months ago and what we've had for the last 10 months. The contrast should be so tremendous. 
that it should be an easy choice, even for people who are maybe uncomfortable with conservative policies, to look and see it is so visible. And I'm trying to point it out. I'm also trying to point out the things that are dividing us that we don't need to divide us, that shouldn't be dividing us, but they are. And it's very frustrating. So I want to talk about things that are fun. We had a great, terrific breakfast this morning with friends over at the Rainbow Oaks Cafe, which we love riding to. And it's cool. It's fun. It's good to talk about that. Yesterday, I was invited up to the Ugly's annual bash or whatever they call it, the Ugly Motorcycle Club. And that was great. That was a, oh, that was a long ride. Great American Motorcycle Magazine, right? Yeah. And the, the Great American Biker yeah. Gab. And that was cool. And Diane and Shadow invited me up and then seeing, you know, all my friends up there, ugly, you know, ugly, ugly, rusty, ugly, this guy, ugly, that guy. And then the booze fighters and all these guys and Bobby Krause. And it was cool. And I, I'd love to talk about that and complain about the ride up there in Split Plains at California. Riding. Was there a lot of traffic? Can we talk? Was there a lot of traffic? Oh, my God. Why are you bringing that? It was painful. Okay, well. It was painful. And it's funny because we rode around the country and we had a lot of traffic. Wherever you go, there's going to be traffic. It's going to happen. But it seems to me, if I had to pick some of the worst traffic places, obviously New York City is horrible, but you don't want to go into New York City since de Blasio's there, what he's done with the bike lanes and this and that. It's horrible. You know, we rode in Boston last month and that was horrible. The same thing, the bike lanes, the turning lanes, everything is, it's so difficult. And navigating the streets are hard enough, but then you got all this stuff. Then, you know, if you go to Washington, D.C., it's horrible. If you go to L.A., it's horrible. But just going from here up to wherever it was in California that they had to go to up north of L.A. and all that, it just shouldn't be that bad on the open freeway on the Saturday. And it was. And coming back was worse. But at least in California... I have a shot at only it, like a split. That's the only good thing. I know. And you I, know, we do I it. I couldn't imagine living somewhere else and not being able to lane split. We travel around the country and we're going to split lanes. But you can't split lanes as freely. I mean, here you could do it. You're not looking over your shoulder every second to see who's going to pull you over. So what, what was that, a year or so ago? Remember that time that cop pulled me over in, I think it was in Nebraska, Going up to Sturgis. It was a whole story. But, you know, I want to talk about all that stuff because it's kind of cool. It's fun. It's nice. You to say about. you want to talk about all this stuff, but then we never do. I know. What I want to talk about today, based on some of the feedback I got from ranting the other day, mm -hmm. is I want to talk about what's important to talk about. I wrote down several things. What's the most important issues facing America today, facing American success? Do we want to talk about that? Because that's what I want to talk about. Do we want to talk about how important it is that America comes together and somehow we get past this tremendous divide? You can talk about fixing a problem to identify what the problem is. And I, I think it's so important. Yeah, I want to ride my motorcycle. I want to sit back and smoke cigars. I want to hang out with friends. I want to do a lot of things. But I don't want to see the country continue as divided and with problems that have to be solved. So I, 
I just want to run through, if I can. Sure. Okay. Thank you. You don't need my permission. Uh, well, I do. No, of course, you, you're co-hosting with me. You're here with yeah, me. Yeah, but it's I New York it. Mike's Roll Rate Radio. The what? I always have to remind you that it's New York Mike's Roll Rate Radio. I understand that. So oh. maybe, okay. So with that, I'll take that. Okay. I'll take that away yeah. and say thank you. So I've just laid out a bunch of stuff before we got on air. These are the things. It's not one political thing that you could focus on, but maybe one at a time. So here's the things, and, and please feel free to add to it, uh, whatever. I didn't put these in order of priority or what's more important or what's less important. Threw them out there. As something came up in my mind or on TV or I read about in the paper, I just threw it down. Boom. And I just did that on the last half hour. So the first thing, Biden grants access to the Trump documents. In other words, no executive privilege. What does that mean? That means executive privilege means that the president, whatever he said or did in private, when the next president steps up, there's executive privilege. But that stuff is supposed to be private, personal stuff. I didn't think anything the president did was personal or private. Yeah, it all is. Really? Oh, yeah, it all is. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's got to have some privacy in their lives, and the president has the executive privilege. That's always been the case, and now Biden's not given it, which is, it's interesting. It's okay. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be a battle, and it's going to go to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court will say what they say. But it's interesting in that it's all about January 6th, what they want to call this uh, attack and all that. It was a protest. I was there. I'm proud to have been there. It was a protest. That's just one thing. We'll develop some conversation about it because I do think it's important. Set number two I put down was inflation, the debt ceiling. What's causing inflation? I listen to people left, right, center, like the Democrats or Republicans. They say different things. Well, I see what's causing inflation. The initial surge was the surge in gas prices when Biden came in. But let's understand, inflation happened with Biden. It wasn't here during Trump. It came in immediately when Biden. So that's number two. Then I want to talk about the importance of foreign policy. What do people want to hear? What do people want to discuss? What are people thinking about? We have the foreign policy, Afghanistan, China, Iran, Israel, global climate change, quote unquote. These are important issues. Which one do we want to talk about first? Facebook, censoring. It's the same thing. What's going on now? And it is the right thing to do? So this so-called whistleblower comes out, starts talking about Facebook is profit over people and, and they're doing this and that. What's the remedy? Two wrongs are going to make a right? We're going to now talk about censoring Facebook? I could see breaking up the monopoly that's Facebook if it's hurting kids. Something's wrong here. But is censoring what they're trying to promote? Because I think the people who get censored in America, in my experience, are conservatives. So that's another one, Facebook and censoring. I think at the end of the day, all this stuff that you're talking about, people want some guidance on how they can make a difference and how they can make a change. And what do we do? How do we fix the problem? And everybody can rant and rave all they want, but people want to know what the solution is. How do we come together and fix it? 
Well, first, we, like I said, we have to identify what these problems are. The things I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking from my perspective, but they're problems for everybody. When I bring up things like this executive privilege, it's going to be executive privilege for Joe Biden when he's out of office. And there'll be things coming up in investigation to Hunter Biden, how Joe Biden. I don't know how that applies. When we talk about raising the debt ceiling, we've raised the debt ceiling I don't know how many times in America, 80-something times, we've never not raised it. But then, you know, it's important to Democrats, to every American. I'm not saying we should or shouldn't raise it. I'm saying Janet Yellen says we shouldn't even have a debt. Now, she's the Secretary of Treasury. She says some other things, the wacko, in my opinion. But one of the things she just said, we shouldn't have a debt ceiling. Well, you know, that's an interesting perspective. I think it's worth discussing. But, you know, again, inflation. That affects us all, Petrina. We're not being partisan here. It's a discussion. Yes, I'm partisan. I believe inflation has been brought on by the administration. Some people may not agree with that. The foreign policy, man, that's that's a huge issue. Facebook, well, maybe that's more or less something that it's going to happen by itself. How about domestic terrorism? Parents protesting at school board meetings are being called domestic terrorists. Is that something? that we should be talking about. That's First Amendment rights. Immigration, the border wall. Should we have walls, not have walls? Race issues in America. Every one of these are issues that I can go off on individually. And there's more. How about the abortion issue? That's one of the things I talked about the other day. By the way, Ben Demonich, who did Fox, what a great job he did on Friday talking about that issue from a conservative perspective. So how big is it? How important is it? I saw that, and I talked about it the other day, as the underlying issue for why people vote left or right. I think that's the biggest issue there is. Is it? I think we should be talking about these things. Religion, the economy, business, sales, legal, tort reform, litigation. There's 100,000 things that you can make a list of. Right. COVID. There's so much. We haven't even okay. talked about COVID. So that's fine, but you got to just pick one and talk about it and we'll discuss it. Okay. So let's talk about the last thing I wrote, just because it's the last thing I wrote. Leadership. Okay. I'd say it's the most important thing of all these things. That's my opinion. All of these things are issues that cry for real leadership to be solved. Can we talk about leadership? Sure. That's the one we'll talk about today. Leadership. Okay. Yeah. There isn't any. Well, there is, but it's not good. Or there isn't any, depending how you look at it. Mitch McConnell is the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate. And Schumer is the leader of the Democrat Party Senate. Yeah, and they've been around. Way too long. <laughs> uh, Schumer this week, he goes on a rant. Joe Manchin's sitting right behind him, and he just kind of rips apart the Republican Party. And there's Joe Manchin behind him, holding his head, walking out. And he said it when he walked out, and they entered this. Well, you seem to be upset with Schumer. And he said, why is he sitting there just attacking the Republicans? We need to come together. I guess Joe Manchin isn't the kind of guy that wants to get in there and become the leader, but he is by default. Because he's the one that's holding up him and Christian Cinema, uh, uh, the two, but he's the one that seems to be vocal and seems to be the high profile one, 
holding up the $3.5 trillion Democrat bill. Build back broke bill. Build back and go broke. That's not going to solve anything. But there's Manchin. And he is showing a little bit of leadership, but the leader isn't leading. The Schumer's out there and the McConnell's out there. And look at Pelosi. Now, Pelosi, you may not like what she does or how she does, and I don't, and I'm not condoning it, but she's a leader. Am I wrong? I don't think she's leading. You don't think? No. You don't think she's leading? No. In my opinion, this is just my opinion, there's no leadership on any of their parts. I don't feel like they're leading at all. They just want to fight. Well, (laughs) I mean, I I, I could be wrong, but that's the way I feel. They just want to, like, pick at each other, like, to poke the bear all the time. I think that there's a difference between just want to fight and they're willing to fight. I think good leaders are willing to fight for the things that they believe in and for the goals that they have, obviously different goals than the other side. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, I don't like Nancy Pelosi. There's things about her that are very distasteful. And of course, I don't like any policies that she's promoting. That's easy. You know, it'd be nice if there was somebody out there who was promoting policies, but I like them. Joe Manchin's a likable guy. I don't know much about Kirsten Sinema for what I've seen of her. She's a likable person. There are probably people who are likable, but that doesn't make them good leaders either. Nancy Pelosi is not likable. She's distasteful in so many ways to me and to other conservatives, Republicans. But she's a leader. She fights every day. She has from the beginning. She stood there behind Donald Trump when he did the... I was just about to say, the day I saw her rip up that... Horrible. was just... Disgusting. Shocking. Shocking. Absolutely. I agree with you. It's still scarred in my brain. That's okay. I think about seeing her standing behind him, not standing up, not clapping, and then at the end, ripping up that speech. It just blew my mind. Yeah, well, I didn't say that as a leader she was good. I don't like her. I said that. I'm clear about it. You've made that very clear. But she's leading that party. She is. She's leading that party. And she's listening. You know, she's listening to a party. She has AOC. AOC's got her by the boobs, baby. And she's just moving her around in any place she wants her to go. I hear guys like Hannity say she's the real Speaker of the House. She may be doing things behind the curtain to help push Pelosi in one direction or another. But it's Pelosi who's the leader of that party, and she makes it clear. And AOC is being very effective. And so this whole squad, they've taken over the Democrat Party. So the Democrat Party? They've let them take it over. You can't let them off the hook and say, well, yeah, it's the squad. It's not them. No, the squad taking over the party. That's leadership. That's people stepping up. Are there any men in that squad? I don't think so. Not that I would know. I'm not familiar enough with all the players on their side. But it's all five or six women who have stepped into Congress. They've stepped up in their community. They put it on the line. They get elected. We don't like them. It's okay not to like them. They're the leaders of their party. Mm -hmm. And do you negotiate with them? 
Do you try to coerce them? Do you try to seduce them? Do you try to convince them? Or you just get out there and fight them and beat them? I mean, that's how difficult it's become. Instead of leaders coming together and say, look, these are the issues. This is where we can agree. These are the deal breakers. When I negotiate a, a deal, if I've negotiated a thousand leases on buildings, especially around New York, the years and years, and you, you're going to have two sides and you're going to have 20, 25 issues. But out of those 25 issues, maybe there's three, four, five that are the deal breakers. Let's identify the deal breakers and then sit down and come together. Here we are in the room. You got the, the one side, the other side, you got a lawyer representing each side, and then you got somebody or several somebodies who are going to try to lead this moment, right? And bring everything to an agreement, to a deal. And you want to make that deal. And that was always my role. The way to play that role, to win, was to identify those issues that were actually deal breakers. Because not every issue is. And the ones that aren't, we can agree with those things. We'll figure it out. You want eight, I want 10. Let's figure it. We'll settle at nine. But then the deal breaks. You can't do that with the squad. You can't do that with Chuck Schumer. He gets out there and makes speeches like that. He's not a leader. And what's McConnell doing? He's good at counting votes. But is he good at leading? Leading doesn't mean just getting your people in line. It means putting your people in a place that they can win. They can get their agenda across, even if it's not 100%, that they can get the majority. And I don't mean 60%. I mean 70 80%, 90% would be fantastic because that's pretty much how reasonable people get along, reasonable people. Like what we're doing right here, right now. We're being reasonable. But you don't want me going off in three directions, going over here, going, okay, so let's compromise. Let's identify the things that need to be discussed, the things that we need to identify, that people need to think about. And let's find the ones that we want to discuss and then hit them and discuss them one at a time, maybe one podcast at a time. Today, we're talking about leadership. Are we going to talk about COVID tomorrow? Religion, abortion, where are we going? There's so much that has to be discussed that it's difficult to pick which one. But leadership is something that I think dominates who we are as a country, is who we elect as leaders. Joe Biden, is that the leader that we want for the country? Can the Democrats and Republicans agree? Can the Democrats agree that this is the leader that they want in their White House? They got the White House. And look, by the way, I consistently say the same thing. How they got it, we were allowed to disagree. I'm allowed to say that election was stolen. Don't tell me that my opinion is invalid because it doesn't coincide with what you think. I don't but, care what. But that goes for both sides. You can't get upset when you don't agree with somebody. I don't get upset. 
I, I just disagree with somebody. And they say, no, it was one fair and square. I go, no, it wasn't one fair and square. But they tell me I'm a domestic terrorist because I say the election was stolen. Mm. I'm just saying that's how I believe. Yeah. I saw Scalise on TV today with Chris Wallace. They asked him, do you think the election was stolen? And he tried to circle around a little bit and not be offensive with his answer. But he basically said there were states that didn't follow the legislative rules, the rules of the Constitution. Yeah, they broke the law. Mm -hmm. They broke the law. There's that's why we were there. That believe that is true. But then there's also a lot of people believe that's not true. I don't call people criminal or domestic terrorists because they think the election was fair. They call me that because I went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th to protest an election that was unfair. And now they're trying to say that by doing that, we are some sort of, call it level one to 10 domestic terrorists. The ones in the Capitol, I guess, are a 10. But I'm just saying that they're wrong. And if they come up, they get outraged anytime somebody says that the election was stolen, as if just saying that. Like Trump said that. Oh my God, he caused this insurrection on January 6th because he said the election was stolen. Well, that's all we're saying, honey, is that leadership means you accept that somebody's opinion and you don't condemn it and call it that, you know, everybody who thinks that the election was stolen was a terrorist. That's all I'm saying. So. I agree. Okay. I'm glad we got that settled. Most of the time I do agree with you. I there's, there's some times that I don't agree, but. Wait a minute. When don't you agree with me? Uh, there's times that I no. don't agree with you. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Name one. Uh, I can't think right now. I'm See? seriously running on like an hour's sleep. I'm so exhausted right now. Storm kept me up all night. She got fixed on Friday. So the anesthesia just got her all wacky and she's like. Well, she had a head start. Yeah, but she's now wacky anyway. Yeah, she kept me up all night. She had to go outside. She was crying. She was this. She just yeah, it was rough. So I'm a little out of it today. So I apologize if I'm. That's not, okay. You could be not out. myself. <laughs> you could be out of it. And we're going up to L.A. tonight again. I know. I know. It's a lot right it's now. It's gonna be a lot. I know. It's gonna be rough, and I gotta make a bunch of phone calls. I'll, I'll drive up. You drive back. I'll be driving back. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I'll be sleeping. I know. I'll be on the phone both ways. But, you know, again, leadership is critical to success. And leadership of the country is right now in doubt. And I'm not just saying it's in doubt by the Republicans because we didn't like the fact that Joe Biden got into the White House. Is that politically correct? Hey, got I mean, listen, if it was done fairly and honestly, any one fair and square, I think we would be fine with it. Well, I don't think he won I mean, fair and square. No, that's Not the problem. Close. Nobody thinks he won fair and square. People, people say, to me, do. what's your proof? Do you ever hear circumstantial evidence? Mm. You know, a lot of people get convicted based on circumstantial evidence. Donald Trump got 75 million votes. That's clear. Okay. That's 12 million votes more than the 63 million he got in 2016. His popularity surged from 63 million votes for president to 75 million votes for president. 
Joe Biden was in the basement of his house for most of the time. He came out periodically. Look, I, I don't call Joe Biden senile, all that. He's a bumbling kind of a guy in a lot of ways. I don't have any problems or issues with that. Sometimes it's a little endearing if he's a guy you like and agree with. Maybe that's going a little too far in this case. He's he's never been a real bright guy. Don't forget the first time he ran, he had to resign and, and drop out because of plagiarism. He copied other people's speeches and stuff. I mean, I just have a problem with somebody that's been in politics for forty-five years and has really done what? Virtually nothing. I can't wrap my head around that. No. If this guy's been in politics, which clearly he has for 45 years, and he's been in our president for nine months, do you see what I'm saying here? Yeah, they, <laughs> they say every foreign policy issue that he ever opined on, he took the wrong side. He was wrong. He didn't want to go after bin Laden. When he was a vice president of Obama's administration, there he is, and they're trying to get after bin Laden. They got him cornered. They found him. And he says, no, we shouldn't do it. He's not ready to do it. Some of the other things also. And then, of course, it leads us to the disastrous exit from Afghanistan. But it was consistent with who everybody said this guy was. That's what Secretary Gates wrote in his book. Every foreign policy decision Joe Biden made was wrong. And here he is consistent with that. So, so we have somebody in the White House that's just leading us in the wrong direction. Now, look, I tell people, I say, Joe Biden's a genius. They go, look at me. Come on, man. He's senile. He's bubbling. He may be a lot of things. His goal was to be president of the United States, and somehow he achieved that goal. Go look from 10,000 miles away. He achieved the goal. He is the president. He's Obama's third term. Someone's pulling this. Yes. But his goal was to be president, and what he had to do to be president was agree to let other people pull his chain. Okay? Whatever it took, that was his goal. Then when he gets in there, his goal is to stay in there, to keep leading, not to let Kamala Harris, because I always thought, a lot of people thought, okay, he's just a placeholder. They're going to push her right up. And then she got in there, and she was so bad. But, you know, his job was to stay in there. And he said, okay, I'm going to stay in there. And how am I going to do this? I'm going to listen to the strongest voices in the Democrat Party. Who are the strongest voices? Pelosi and the squad. And they may, they may squabble. Here's AOC, button heads with Pelosi. But somehow, some way, Pelosi, as this pretty strong leader, and AOC, as a potentially tremendously strong leader, you're not a little bit concerned about AOC stepping up and being the leader that we're going to have to deal with? Take a look at what she's done. Oh, yeah, she didn't let Amazon into New York. It cost her. She didn't let Amazon into New York. She was a one-woman army. Oh, she had other people behind her. She recruited them. She empowered them. She got her way. So this is a strong person. Oh, she was just a bartender from the Bronx. I don't care what she was. She got herself elected to Congress, and she has how many millions of people following her on whatever accounts and everything else? She is the strongest influence in the Democrat Party, period, the end. She's doing a much better job than Chuck Schumer. I don't know who is more 
insulting, although I think he might be a little more insulting. She just says things you don't like more often. And I don't know if she goes out and insults people. I don't know, follow everything she says. But, you know, she's strong. She's a leader. And there's her and Pelosi, who are both leading. And there's this president who just wants to keep his job. Call it what you want. But he knows what he's got to do is sign and get enacted what they want. He needs to get those things done and work with Pelosi. Pelosi was a proven entity that she could get done and the House of Representatives needed to get done. And she exerts that kind of power over the Senate. Nope, you're not going to vote on that bill. We're not going to give you that $1.2 trillion bill that you've already agreed to until you agree to the three. That's Pelosi. That's not Biden. That's Pelosi. Biden is doing her bidding. And that's where the leadership is. So Joe Biden, who has spent, what, 38-something years in the Senate and then eight years as a vice president, has the savvy to know how to get these things passed. Will he? Well, that's going to depend on how strong Mitch McConnell is and if he can convince a couple of members of the Senate on the Democrat side Don't forget, people say, oh, there's only two. It's Manchin and Senate. No, it's 52 senators who do not agree with the $3.5 trillion deal. 52. Every Republican and two Democrats. That's strong. That's a lot. And Mitch McConnell understands that, and that's a good thing. So we have that. That's what's going on. And then is the leadership going to be able to right this ship and keep it sailing in in the right direction? Or is it going to allow three and a half trillion plus a 1.2 trillion plus there's another couple of hundred million around the edges? We're talking about almost $5 trillion. That's crazy. Do we have to raise the debt ceiling to do all this? We're going to have to raise the debt ceiling to the height of the Empire State Building if we keep on doing this. But yeah, I mean, we can't jeopardize the good credit of the United States of America, but the debt ceiling is there to let us know that every time, just to keep us conscious, keep the American people conscious, to keep the fact that debt ceiling is being raised on the front burner. This is important stuff. And that's what leadership is about. Leadership is so important. We need to have leaders who lead, not who follow. I think Joe Biden is genius at getting legislation passed and getting it through the Senate, working with people in the Senate. But is he leading this country? Does he really know? Is he cognizant of everything that's going on? No. So the leadership is Pelosi and AOC and the squad. Is that where you Democrats, is that who you want to follow? Because that's who you're following. I got to tell you who your leaders are. Those are your leaders. It's not Joe Biden, genius at getting this stuff through. I agree. I agree. I don't think he's going to do it in the end, not the way he wants to, but he could. And I think we sell ourselves short by selling him short and saying that he's less competent because, oh, he's senile and, oh, he's this and he stumbles and he does things. He gets 
what he needs to get done, done. And he doesn't have to answer any questions. No, he doesn't have to answer any questions. <laughs> he handles those press conferences the way he, that's him. He's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump will go out there and answer every question, have a big conversation. He rambles more than I ever ramble. He goes off in every direction and just doesn't stop. He loves having that dialogue with people. That's great. That's his leadership. And people say it's flawed because they don't like it. Well, you don't like it. That doesn't mean it's flawed. Is there anyone else besides Donald Trump that you think would be a good president? Oh, yeah. I, I think we have a deep bench. Nikki Haley, a lot of people go, Nikki Haley, she didn't agree with Trump. And there's a lot of things I don't disagree with, but she's a great leader. She did a great job as governor of South Carolina. She did a great job as ambassador to the U.N. I think she's one of the best we've ever had. Rick Grinnell did a great job after her, but Nikki Haley, you know, is... is what about right Rick there. Scott? Rick Scott. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's okay. He's a good senator. I like him. I agree with him. But Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, there's a real leader. Hey, listen, Christy Nome, governor of South Dakota. Well, you know, South Dakota's a small state. It doesn't give Christy Nome the kind of national recognition that Nikki Haley has because she went from South Carolina, admittedly another smaller state, a little bigger than South Dakota, but went from there to be the ambassador to the UN. But I think Mike Pompeo could do the job that Ron DeSantis could do, but you know, we got a deep bench of Good. the Republican. Good to hear that. I think leadership is there. And by the way, there's a lot of leaders out there in the Republican Party. And there's another interesting thing going on. I, I was going to mention Dan Crenshaw. A lot of contention about Dan Crenshaw from Houston. He's a congressman from Houston, former Navy SEAL. He stirs the pot. There are people, as strong and conservative as he is, there are people that really don't agree with a, a lot of the stuff that he has to say. But what's interesting about that is here's a guy that's a retired Navy SEAL. And I, I like to poke fun at all my Navy SEAL friends and all that. But you know what? I love these guys and have a deep respect for them. And what's interesting now is that there's about five, maybe there's even more, former retired or just former Navy SEALs running for Congress. And I think that's extraordinary. So you have Eric Reitens, who was the uh, governor of Missouri. He's running for Congress. You got Ryan Zinke, who was head of the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, under President Trump. You have Morgan Luttrell, who's Marcus's twin brother, by the way, Marcus Luttrell, who wrote the book um, Lone Survivor. That's his twin brother, Morgan, who's quite a guy, retired Navy SEAL, who then went on to, I want to say, become a brain surgeon. Not quite a brain surgeon, but he went on to get a doctorate in some brain this family, the Luttrells, and so many other Navy SEALs, friends of mine, that do so much for veterans. It got out, I mean, really, for a short time, Morgan was the head of the Boot Campaign, which is a fabulous yeah. organization that helps military families and all that. And so for a short time, he was head of the Boot Campaign, and he's done so many other things, and, and now he's running for Congress. It's phenomenal. I said Dan Crenshaw, there's Eli Crane out of Arizona. 
So you got one, two, three, four, if, if you include Crenshaw, it's five former Navy SEALs running for Congress. I think that says a lot yeah. about the leadership I like that. that is instilled and trained and brought out yeah. when, you know, these guys that become Navy SEALs. It's the biggest and most important part of who they are and what they do. Everybody is a leader. Not everybody can go up there and, you know, take charge and see a goal and have a vision of how to get there and make everybody else see that vision. And, you know, not everybody can do that. Right. But it looks to me. I think that's a good seeing, list. That's a really good of, list. Part of that culture. It's yeah. fabulous. I, you know, I got to explore that more going down the road because I, I do think that leadership is probably the most important. I think that's what Trump provided in this country, leadership with a vision of, Let's make America great again. Nobody thought that America had gone downhill a little bit. Hey, we lost a little bit of the, of the shine has come up. And then here comes Trump. Let's make it great again. What happened to America? Where did we go wrong? And I think we did go wrong. I'm a guy that loves George W. Bush. I think he's just one of the finest men to lead this country. He made mistakes. Can you how many presidents you got to meet? I mean, I've thought about that. Yeah, I've been a little You've impressed. been very fortunate. Every time you go to Washington, you get to go to the White House, you get to see things that the average person doesn't really get to see, and it's pretty exciting. I'm trying to think if I ever went to the White House during the Nixon years. I don't think I ever did. No. I was an active guy, but I, I was definitely down in the White House a couple of times. I think I'm okay. I think that I'm a good leader when I take charge of things that I am in charge of. Leading motorcycle groups? Motorcycle groups. I've led... Business. Been business. I've uh, stepped up and been presidents of different groups and organizations over the years, been the chairman of the board of different organizations. I've been well, it's executive director Listen. of Abate of California for 10 years. Yeah. Next time we're on, I want to tell the story of saving... The Cross of Mount Soledad. I think saving the Cross of Mount Soledad. Yeah, there was a lot of people involved in that. It was a critically important thing to do in America. I think America's soul is being lost in so many places. And sometimes you look at situations like that, and, and when you're able to save something like that, and you're able to get up there and, and win that. That was huge. You got to say, wait a minute. It's okay. We're not losing everything. I think had we lost that, then they removed the cross from the oh, memorial. It's been devastating. I, I think so many hundreds of people go up there. I think almost every time a statue is torn down, every time something's removed that people revere and appreciate that other people don't like, whether it's a cross or whatever, I think that takes away and I think it demonstrates poor leadership. Leadership doesn't destroy things like the cross. It was put up there for a reason. Yeah. It was voted on and approved. And because... All the statues were put up. For a good reason. Or they wouldn't have been put up. Good leadership would have... Both sides would agree. Okay, it's got to... We got to take that down. What do we take down that... We've agreed on nothing I've seen. We've taken down things that people are like destroyed. Because they're offended. Yeah, one side's offended. They're offended. What that, are you doing? That statue offends me. It offends my family heritage. Again, it goes back to leadership. We don't have strong leadership in this country. We had that leadership under Donald Trump. 
And that's the underlying reason we feel such, you know, we want that man back. We want that kind of leadership back. We want that. That's what makes America great, is having great leaderships that have vision and direction, that see the Constitution of the United States as the unequivocal Bible of this country, the soul of the country. It's everything we need to— I agree. Yeah, and well, a lot of people do, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people say, well, it needs I to be changed and updated and all this and that. And, oh, well, the Second Amendment, the only you know, what it says, the First Amendment, obviously, the cancel culture has no regard for the First Amendment whatsoever. None. So, Listen, if everyone agreed, though, it'd be a pretty boring place to live. I'm not saying we should that. all agree. I, say, I think leadership should be able to direct the fight for what leadership agrees with or disagrees with, lead the fight, and then lead it to an agreement, mm -hmm. find the deal breakers. And if you can get rid of the deal breakers and compromise on a couple of things and go forward, no one is going to be 100% happy, but nobody should be 100% upset. And what we have today is either black or white. You're either 100% happy or you're 100% upset. That's not leadership. They're not taking us to where we can agree. They're taking us to where there's nothing but conflict and, at best, conflictation of issues that they're throwing together. How do you say, if you disagree with CRT and you disagree with mandates, that you're a domestic terrorist? How do you conflate those two things? That's just wrong. And that's what their leadership is allowing, and that's what they're doing, and that's the best. So, anyway, today's topic was leadership. Was leadership. Now, I got 11 other things here that I wrote down so we could tackle those things. I don't know if we could tackle them one at a time or some of them are so big that, they, that we really need to spend a little more time discussing them. And again, I, I'd love to discuss the motorcycles, the rides. I got a story, a quick story to tell you. So a friend of mine, her boyfriend, bought that new Harley bike that just came out. The Adventurer? The Adventurous. Pan American? Pan American, yeah, that's it. He was so excited. He had two other Harleys. He sold them. He went down to one of the dealerships in Orange County. I'm not even going to give them any shout out because wait till you hear the story. Or though maybe I should <laughs> say who it was. Anyway, so he goes. He's so excited. He test rode it. He loved the bike. He was so excited. Got the bike. Did all the paperwork. As he's leaving the parking lot, the bike stalls. Okay. So then they get it started, and he leaves, rides home. On his way home, the bike died twice, okay? Oh. So long story short, he calls them, and they said, bring it back. We'll check it out. So he brings it back. The bike is there for two weeks. Now, mind you, he just bought it. The bike's back in the shop for two weeks. They never called him to let him know what was going on. He finally called them and said, what's going on? It's a brand new bike. You guys haven't even called me. And they said, oh, it's ready. Come and get it. Wow. So he was like, wow. Okay. So he goes and gets it. He doesn't even get out of the parking lot, and it dies again. So now he gets a phone call from somebody at corporate, and they are apologizing profusely, blah, blah, blah. They winded up, long story short, they could not fix the bike. And there were no other bikes to give him because there's none out there. They gave him his money back. So he has no motorcycle. He has no motorcycle. 
He's traded two Harleys yep. to for get... the Pan American. Yep. By the way, the Pan American is one great. I mean, we rode it. We test rode it. It was cool as hell. Pan American. I mean, amazing. but this poor guy, I was just in shock when she's telling me the story. And they gave him all his money back. Like, when would Harley ever give all your money well, back? Well, they'll stand up for and stand behind their products. I don't have any doubt about that. But what was it about the bike setup? Was it the dealer that they had a mechanic not, that didn't know what he was they doing? They could not give him an answer. And then he finally got a call from corporate, and they just apologized profusely. And they said, we'd love to give you another bike, but we don't have any. I don't know why they couldn't fix his bike. It's only mechanical. It's only a machine. Could not fix the bike. Well, I mean, look, you could take that, that bike apart, piece by piece, put it back together, and have a brand new bike. Yeah, I hear you. And maybe it would have been different at a different shop, but they just basically just said, sorry, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> I know. So horrible now, I know, I know. I wanted to tell you, but anyway, so that was the motorcycle story. But we'll talk more about motorcycles, cigars, trips. I think I would probably trade everything I've ever ridden for a Pan Am from everything I've seen and heard well, about. Well, that's how he felt. And that's I, why I he did it. I feel the same way. Now, I don't feel the same way about the new sports. I wouldn't trade everything I have, but I would love to have that. If I had to have, if I could have a second bike in my garage, it the, would be a Sportster. The new Sportster, the new 12. I saw it. I'm sorry. I don't agree. Oh, I'm telling you that thing. The bike, I've had the hots for the longest time. Well, you know, the Lowrider S, which I love, but the Street Bob. That's a cool bike. That's a cool and bike. I love the I, Street Bob. The I, problem I have is it's got no saddlebags. Well, yeah, it's just a, well, that's <laughs> why I have said. to have a bike with saddlebags. I, I got the same thing with the Sportster. Right. I think the Sportster might or like for local riding, you're saying? I think it might be better than the Street Bob. Is it the Street Bob or the Fat Bob? Which is the one that I like better? I think it's the Fat Bob. I don't The one with the square headlight. Yeah, I like that. There's so many. Yeah, why don't they call them Fat Barbara? Oh, they'd be... Th fat Barbara? Instead of Fat Bob. Oh, my God. You can't call it Fat Barbara. Oh, my God. Imagine the young oh are over that. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Why, why are they all bobs and not barbers? Why, I don't know. You know, it's like being a jewel. Why are all dogs named Travis? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hurricanes used to be called after the names of women, right? Yeah. You knew that yeah. because you never well, heard of a hemicane. Right. Remember Katrina? Everyone used to say that to me. Oh, is, how do you spell your name? They P-E-T and they go. Oh, not like the Hurricane Katrina? And I'm like, no, no. not like the Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> anyway, let's wrap it up. It was nice joining you again. You can join me every time. Because if you leave me alone, you know where I'm Oh, going. goodness gracious. I'm just going to go to the moon. Boom, here. I am who I am. I'm Popeye the Salaman. All right. Go. All right, anyway, babe. Have a nice hey. day. I love you. I love you more. And we'll, hey. we'll talk again soon. We'll talk again soon. Good talking to you, honey. Roll right radio. Well, hey, by the way, subscribe. Will you? Out there? Will you subscribe? Yeah, me. I subscribe. Yeah, and don't forget, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is Roll Right Radio Twenty One, and Facebook? Facebook is Roll Right Radio. All right, I'm still rolling right. Sometimes it's a little rough, but I roll right. Take care. See you guys next time. Roll right. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe. 
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.